This episode of the only podcast about movies was recorded a little differently. Shahir was out of his regularly scheduled office space and in a room that we'll say is not exactly acoustically sound. So if you hear a little bit of echo on his side, please forgive us as we attempt to put more cushions around him at all times. Other than that, it's a great episode, so enjoy the show. What is up, Internet? The other half doesn't hate you. Don't forget that. My name is Matthew Kroll. And welcome to the world of you. My name is Shahir Dowd. And this is the only podcast about movies, specifically the film Belle. Belle or Belle? Belle. It's Belle. 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 Well, you became uh, Italian all of a sudden. Well, I, I mean, I, they got the E on there. I wanted <laughs> to really, uh, you know, sauce it up. Nice. Well, this is a week where we... Uh, we fucked up. <laughs> we fucked up. Hey, we audience, listeners, dear listeners. Yeah. I was going to say, we were supposed to be doing Blonde this week, right? What happened we to fucked bl- up. <laughs> we fucked up. So here's the deal. I read a date, super confident, hyper-psyched. <laughs> it, was, it was very confident, so much so that I believed you, and I was like, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and we were like, yeah, I like, looked it up, and it said the dates were fine, and uh, it wasn't. It was actually, that was, like, we could have, here's the thing. We could have actually hustled and done Blonde if we really wanted to. The problem would have been uh, most of our listeners, all y'all, wouldn't have been able to see it because the date I read was the play, the, the date that it was playing at the Paris theater that Netflix owns in New York City and that's it. So uh, we're going to try to do that. Is that next week that it will be available? There is next week but also uh, Romain Gravis's film uh, Athena is uh, releasing, debuting on Netflix next week as well and um, I think Bill Jabiri uh, called it probably the best film of the year at this point. So I'm like, really? Do we do Blonde? Now, listen, we have made a mistake. We will make amends for our mistake, which is that we will do Blonde next week because I do want to see it. I do like Andrew Dominic a lot. Uh, but Romain Gravis's, um Athena is the other film that we want to do. And, I, and uh, actually, a friend of the show, Liam Bellingham, has been uh, uh, gunning to do that. Of course, Liam uh, is currently on the Roma Cast podcast and uh, previously hosted the Uva Busters podcast. I hope they come back at some point i know it was one of my favorite titles of podcast of course uh, and uh, you were on a batman episode i believe yeah. i was on a philip seymour hoffman episode we did it yeah we love we those guys it. uh yeah but so uh we will yes we will make amends and do blonde but i was actually excited to do bell because i, I had, was too yeah this was a, this was a film we were both excited to see in 2021 we just didn't quite get around to it mm-hmm. so it was nice to, it's nice sometimes to have those weeks where we're just we're picking up movies that we felt we missed because they there's a lot coming out there's a lot that can get lost in the ether why True. did you want to see bell just just out of curiosity because i i have one reason and it's very thin reason on my side but uh so i'm it? a sucker i'm a sucker for remixed fairy tales ah, gotcha. uh, and i thought the visual design was distinct and fun and oh. i was like oh Oh, cool. All yeah. right. I'm, I'm here for this. I, I just, I always will gravitate towards that. And to be honest, I was looking for sort of a new prestige level, uh, like anime movie in my life for a bit. And uh, this looked like it could, it could fill that void. My rationale was uh, purely selfish, which was that a few years ago, uh, director Mamaru Hosada came out with a film called Mirai, which was a uh, film about a little boy who discovers, who travels through times and has to, he meets his sister as a grown up. Uh, his little his baby sister is now grown up and she travels through time. Uh, he also did another film called The Girl Who Lit Through Time, which I also didn't see. Uh, but but Mariah, I was really interested in because I thought it might be a fun movie for my son to watch. Uh, you know, uh, Hasada works with G-Kids, so his films generally are rated um, fairly, fairly kid-friendly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought that would be a fun one, but I, I, we were advised against it just in terms of like... Uh, it might, he might be a little bit young for him, but I think he'd be he'd really enjoy it now. And I look without getting too much into the movie, the visual. T- you are correct. The visual stylings of Hosada in this film are staggering. Yeah, uh, this is a gorgeous looking movie. So we will we'll talk about that in a second. Um, before we move on, I just wanted to say uh, last week I oh, maybe it was the week before I kind of mentioned I was having a really really shitty week, um, and uh, I had a lot of listeners email out to me, uh, reach out to me directly, and just say you know like we. We, we we hear you and we we you know uh, thank you for doing the podcast. I I really uh, thank you so much for everyone who who reached out to me uh, on private messages. Uh, it was very very nice and um, very uh, very heartfelt uh, to hear people uh, 
uh, talk back. So I, I really appreciate that. I will try to be less of a mopey motherfucker on the show. No, <laughs> listen, A, th- I, I will thank those people as well for doing that. Uh, because B, we are human fucking beings and we have times when we are not feeling all fucking shiny and chrome. And yet you and I have made this pact with the devil and each <laughs> other to do a podcast about a movie a week. It is a pact uh, with the devil. And we've, and we've, <laughs> and we've been doing it for like seven years or whatever. Yeah. So, uh, no, sometimes we won't be our shiniest, but that's really, really sweet to hear, uh, that the <laughs> listeners, uh, kind of came out for you. That's very sweet. If you would like to email in for any reason, email even just a nice thing, or or if you'd like to try to make our week shittier, I don't know what your life is, you can email us in at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com. Please do so early and often. Yes, it, it is. Uh, we, we really enjoy uh, all the emails. And again, people are very nice. And, you know, I, I, I actually, um, there are times where I go, man, you know, like it'd be great to like um, be a really big scale movie podcast like the ones we listen to. Uh, but at the same time, I also like go, I think those things comes with a lot of trolls. And actually, everyone who emails us, we have a fairly decent sized uh, body of people that email us. And everyone's really nice and also really smart. You know, yeah. like, yeah. like everyone's really nice and smart. And I really, I'm not just trying to be flattering here. It's just like, we, we never, you know, and, I, and I'm, boy, I'm, I'm not inviting this. Or <laughs> maybe I am by just Uh-oh. saying this, but we don't, inv- you know, like we don't have anyone trolling us or anything like that. Everyone's just like, who reaches out to us is actually generally a considerate person who likes movies, who yep. likes talking about movies, who wants somebody to talk to movies about, which is what we want to do as well. So it's a really just nice community of people. We have a really good sized community. Uh, and then coming at that idea from the extra credit side of things, which is a much, it was a large community of people. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's interesting because we do get trolls and we do get negativity and that makes it so hard even to see the like overwhelming positivity of the community like we have to actually work at it and sometimes i can't actually right mentally go through because i'll be thrown even though like 10 people are saying something nice yeah. if one person says the right wrong thing i feel like a total bag of shit so it's really it's hard yeah. and, and, that, and that's not to say there's anything wrong with that size community it's just a different beast and it's harder to manage and it's harder to see the goodness um but with with smaller communities uh such as ours it's easy to see the kindness yeah so thank you for that it's very much appreciated and it makes it easier to keep going which is why we didn't <laughs> despite getting the the movie release date's wrong this week. Uh, we we kept trudging forward. We had another option as well, which was, of course, Celine Siama's uh, Petit Mermont, which is a film I actually saw in a movie theater last year. Uh, it was a sort of similar situation to what you're describing with Blonde, which was that it was playing in one movie theater in Flushing, Queens. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was, I think the theory is called Walling It. Um, and I think, I think Patrick Willems went to that uh, screening as well because it was like, he went one night and he was easy. He was, I was there by himself and I went the next night and I was like there by myself. Oh, <laughs> wow. Was like, yeah, it was a lot. Uh, complete opposite side of the spectrum before we get into the movie uh, yeah. to continue on this plangent. Patrick Willems uh, and I and uh, Sadan Tadlaka went and a group of folks went to a AEW wrestling match last night oh, in wow. Queens. <laughs> How was it? Uh, it was pretty fucking cool. I hadn't been to a wrestling match in like 24 years. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it was fun as hell. I didn't know, Patrick and I didn't know whatever, what the fuck was going on and Sadan was doing a uh, uh, oh a yeah, wrestling fanatic, right? Uh, and also, shout out to my uh, one of my artists on on extra credits, Nick Dewitt, who's a huge wrestling guy, and he told me like everything I needed to know. He, did you know <laughs> that in AEW you're supposed to bring a incendiary sign that says one video game is better than another video game, and it has nothing to do with any wrestler. It's because the owner of the company is a huge video game fan, and like like seeing weird hot takes on signs. Oh, wow. So Sonic so like, the Hedgehog is better than Super Mario Brothers? Sure, yeah. but I did, I did, and listeners, this is a, a deeper cut. I said Jumpin' Flash is better than Spyro. Okay, um, okay, uh, okay. Which actually- I'm a big Spyro uh, fan. I yeah. see we, uh, yeah, uh, no, I'm not happy about what you just said. I, good, see, <laughs> I did my job. I wrote it on the back of a pizza box and like I held it up, but we were in a little bit of nosebleedies, so no <laughs> yeah. one saw it. Uh, it was very fun. Uh, so shout out to those gentlemen and uh, Sedant for uh, bringing us down there. It was very, very cool. Oh, but- very rad. Um, yes, Bell. This is now streaming on HBO Max if, you, if anyone hasn't seen it. 
Uh, Matt, could you tell us what the bell of the ball is about? I can tell you for whom the bell tolls, or at least how IMDb describes it as such. Uh, Suzu is a shy high school student living in a rural village. For years, she has only been a shadow of herself. But when she enters you, a massive virtual <laughs> world, she escapes you. Hey, 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 you stop that. You stop that. I'm, I'm reading I'm the gonna, IMDb. I'm, I'm reading the words of our Lord and Savior, uh... <laughs> I'm just saying my you is a massive is a massive virtual world. A massive virtual world. She escapes into her online persona as Belle, a globally beloved singer. Ah, globally beloved. Now, Matt, I got to be honest with you. Um, uh, <laughs> not to repeat that I've had a hard week because I, I we've already we've already we've done that we've done that uh, sad song. We've, we've already uh, nailed that chestnut. But 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 I uh, I was time crunched this week. I really was time crunched. Uh, and I was sit to watch this movie last night. Uh, I was I had to all of a sudden very late at night. I had to drive uh, very far into the dips of Queens in order to drop something off to someone. Uh, I am not a drug dealer, by the way. Was it an AEW championship <laughs> belt? Because no. that's where I was at. Oh, last. that's where you were at. Yeah. So on my way back from Sid Queens trip. Uh, I noticed a large crunching sound in my tire and realized I'd driven over a very large nail and had to stop in the middle of nowhere and change tires uh, um, because there was no help to be found, oh. uh, which which basically kept me out much, much. My 20-minute trip ended up being like two hours long. Yeah. Um, so I started watching this movie uh, on the giant projection screen, which I was absolutely loving. It is a, it, like, it is a devastatingly gorgeous film, even for something that is rendered in a computer and with uh, a mixture of uh, traditional illustration and 3D animation. Uh, it is staggering. And in the same way that I think George Miller's film, A uh, Thousand Years of Longing or 3,000 Years of Longing that we reviewed a few weeks ago, in that sort of excitingly beautiful way uh, where you're sort of like, yeah. you watch it with the sort of sense of the visuals uh, are lending themselves to the possibilities of things that could be done. Mm -hmm. At any rate, I started watching there, absolutely loved it, but I zonked myself out. And then I've watched this movie, like I have done the absolute metaverse, new media kind of approach to this movie, which is I watched part of it on a giant projection screen. I watched another part of it on an iPad. I watched another part of it on one screen while I was working on the other. I watched another part of it on an iPhone. And then I watched the final part of it on the projector screen as well. So I have like broken this movie up three ways from Sunday. Okay. Um, well, which, here's my here's my question. Did you okay. sub it or dub it? Uh, I uh, subbed it, subbed it. Okay. Always subbed it. Although every time when I switch platforms, it would automatically flick into English. And then so I would stop I couldn't, it and then, yeah. I actually couldn't, for whatever reason, watch it um, subtitled. Now, you, would, you watched it on HBO Max, right? Yes. Did you watch it through a third-party device? Or through a PlayStation. Through the PlayStation. So what I noticed is that when you're pressing play in the, in the main hub of HBO Max, it defaults it to English there, and then you have to switch it to Japanese there. You can't, in the actual streaming platform change it change the language you have to do it in the loading screen no but which, i uh, i oh in the loading screen so, or in so the you, pause because in the pause menu it wouldn't let me do it i yeah, thought it only had one track menu. what a fucking but it does let you do it in if you if you're at the top level menu so you know when you when you're trying to pick a movie and then you pick the movie and then it says okay play this movie at that level if you there's a thing where you can select it from english to japanese once you're in the movie you can't, once you've made that choice, I guess what it does is it plays one stream or the other That's and you stupid. can't switch the audio stream between them. Other streaming services, this is the first thing that HBO, actually, to be fair, HBO Max's streaming uh, software is kind of rough. Uh, the It's fallen behind. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, so side note, just so everyone's clear, <laughs> yeah. I did watch the dub. Okay. Uh, Y'all, I think the dub is bad. Okay, I, uh, I, I and I and I knew this. Some of my opinions, I think, might come off as a bit harsher. Okay, about this movie, but I also knew while I was watching it, and I was frustrated. I thought it actually just wasn't available in the original right, language right, right. Yeah, uh, on yeah. HBO, and I was like, "Well, this is my life now." So <laughs> I will be talking about a couple things, but please know that some of the negativity that I will bring here is pointed at the dub, yeah. and it is, I guess, my fault for thinking that a streaming platform in the year of someone's Lord twenty twenty two would let you actually switch the language on the fly while you watch something digitally, which has both files attached to it. I don't know. 
that's crazy talk for me. <laughs> well, it's interesting uh, you say that because we might actually have similar criticism because I did have criticisms of this film as I was watching it. Um, but I, you know, one thing that I did notice was that my like my wife was side watching it, and when Belle appeared for the first time, and Belle is gloriously rendered, by the way, once she once you Susie enters you, yep. um, Belle is absolutely staggeringly beautiful. Not just not not, not just her physical appearance, but the way her dress flows, the the integration yeah. between the environment, the way the camera rotates around her, and like my wife just looked up and was like, "Wow, that is so pretty." And she just that's just something she would she never ordinarily sees, um, and it was it was quite noticeable. But for me, uh, and I hope that like you, your experience wasn't tainted by the way in which you watched it, which is that my, you know, stopping down. But I found that there were certain leaps that this movie makes where I was just not keeping up with the leaps in logic. There's a uh, lot of shortcut jumping. Yeah. And the first one, of course, is that Bell becomes an overnight sensation in the world of you. And I'm not exactly sure how or why that happened. So this is my first. Crit so the, uh, the, the first criticism I think I have of this movie is not based around the dub. Mm -hmm. I think it's based around uh, a genre of film. Right. I think we've talked about it before, but I always have a real hard time getting on board the narrative train of a story that is about a character that is supposed to be the absolute kind of best at something and or gets famous because of it and mm. you actually see them do that thing and when they when you do it's like just average but every <laughs> character is freaking the fuck out about it right. i cannot get on board <laughs> i can't like and the songs that that bell sings uh in in the in the movie are like pretty and they're yeah. pop songs but like it is not living in a fully digital media landscape right now the way that I do. I look at it. I'm like, that's not what like that's not how this works. Right. Like that's not this is not phenomenal. <laughs> this is this is like uh, uh, a, a, a like a, a well produced generic pop song. I, I and, will. I would. I mean, like, I don't disagree with you, but I would also. Uh, I would give myself uh, some leeway there and just going. Well, perhaps there's a cultural barrier to this, which I don't understand. Because in the same way, I know it's not the same genre and what have you. But like, when I listen to K-pop, a lot of the times when I listen to K-pop, I'm like, yeah, is this no, good? No, I, I, I disagree. <laughs> yeah. I I actually think that this would have been better in a more K-pop style, mm -hmm. um, because there is a certain energy that those performances give off that then elicit the insanity back right. like the the performances here had no like uh, it was it was pure it was purely i mean the visuals are there of course but yeah. for the but the talent that the movie is uh, assuming that that that, that mm. bell has that yeah. suzu has is her voice and yeah. her voice is the thing that's doing this and like she has a very pretty voice yeah but, but is the it an extraordinary voice? And, and even if it was, the internet doesn't give a shit about an extraordinary voice. And that's basically what this is an analogy for. Like, and it's just so like I had a real hard time yeah. climbing aboard the horse. The, what did help me get on the horse eventually was how pretty the world of you and the entire movie really did look. Yeah, it, um, it, it, it is gorgeous, like gorgeous in a way that would make it one of the best looking films we've seen this year, right? Yeah, but it is really difficult to pull off a story where you're like, this person is fucking great at this and everyone loves them for it. And you watch them do it. You're like, that's fine. <laughs> it's like <laughs> a hard, fine. it's hard yeah, yeah. to do a story I, like that. I also think like, just for me, I, look, I, I, I do agree with you. Although, again, I just attributed that to like a cultural value that I just didn't quite see. And, you know, may, and I was willing to kind of give it the benefit of the doubt. You know, I was like, yeah, her singing's pretty. Um, she sings in a heartfelt way. I also thought the way that her character looks, obviously, was uh, an important factor in the way, you know, like she is uh, extraordinarily like rendered. Um, but at the same time, w what I didn't understand the mechanics of was that she basically, uh, so Susie enters the Suzu. world. Uh, Suzu enters the world of you. Um, where there are millions and millions of uh, people who have avatars like Bell or or similar or smaller or whatever. It's basically Second Life. Yeah, Second Life, uh, Roblox, uh, Minecraft, you know, like whatever. Although, no, actually, you, it's, it's closer to the analogy you mentioned because you go in with one avatar. And yeah, you and you can, you can make it look like anything you want. This yeah. isn't like the metaverse where it's like this soulless Zuckerberg, like worse than a, a, a Wii Me character. Right, like, you, can, is... you can be... 
yeah, but there's but you can only be this one character. So yeah. she goes in, she sings once, and of course this is a reflection of the fact that uh, you purports to be a place where you can be find the real you. And uh, in real life, she has experienced a sort of a great tragedy, which has meant that she is no longer has a singing voice. That great tragedy is, of course, the fact that her mother uh, died while rescuing another child, so she lost her mother at a very young age. Um, and then, so she uh, as now as Belle, she sings and it captivates and she doesn't realize this at the time because she even goes to bed with no followers but wakes up the next morning and has millions of followers and um and then there is this thing that the, the thing that i really didn't understand was that she wakes up and her best friend um sort of tracks it takes her through her best friend ruka takes her through like what's happened yeah ruka's the savant in you ruka knows uh what's go what's what oh uh, yeah and basically like Belle has been like they show video of Belle performing everywhere and I was like oh what just happened like because if if uh Suzu isn't in the game does Belle work autonomously well there's like a recording it's basically like if you do a twitch stream people can clip it but it was different like there was different performances it was different costumes she was wearing different outfits Uh, was she yeah there was like this video like the next morning uh, Ruka shows. Oh, I, I took that as because it wasn't. It wasn't like performances. It was just the video of the one performance. But then people were doing like fan art of her. That's uh, what I was sort of taking that as. I I look. I would need to rewatch it and reevaluate that second yeah. again. But I was like, wait, what, has she kind of just been? Because it seemed like the character was now everywhere and autonomous in some way because Suzu wasn't uh, like doing what, those things she was just asleep this, so this is something i was actually wondering if the if the uh subtitle version cleared up i didn't know if uh her best friend there like did because she was a bit of a like a like a, like a, computer. a maven a yeah. maven at that at the world of you yeah. i thought like she like threw it in the right chat rooms or like did something else like they never said anything like that but like i, I was hoping that like i missed that in the dub right. like i was hoping there was some mention of like well i put it here because i knew that this would be seated and i knew that this kind of music worked here like because I, that would at least like i would i would be able to get on board a little bit more and like have that story mark moment bridge a bit yeah but instead she wakes up famous and i'm like okay yeah is that and i was like is that the way this works yeah she wakes up completely famous and it's very quick like there's no sort of like progression of it you know like she she performs once and she is the and 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 you know in terms of the feedback thing that you're talking about it is very somewhat illogical because basically the entire world of you which we presume has millions of users across you know across the entire planet potentially billions of users all s- decide to center around Bell. That Bell becomes I think the center. In the, of the film, universe. it says seven billion users. I think everyone right. in the world uses you. <laughs> and so she becomes the center of that universe. Look, we've been doing a podcast for six, seven years now. There is no universe that we are the center of. So <laughs> you know? this is something that's very true. I think in every bit of life, right? Um, uh, there are a million to a billion people all trying to do similar things to what yeah. you are doing in life, and what the people that get elevated or not necessarily like having the skill to do it is not enough you need to also be incredibly lucky yeah of course uh and 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 that's fine uh the the point behind that though is like i don't think the movie even what i was getting the vibe of is the movie didn't give a shit about that it just wanted her to be famous so it could make its next commentary which is where i kind of pulled my quote at the beginning of the of the thing it's the it's the first commentary of online life where, uh, which I can very much relate to, where it's like, you know, you freak out because now you're in front of everyone and you and you end up like internalizing all of the shit, good and bad, but right. bad yeah. affects you worse. And so I think the movie was so excited to get to that point, it just needed her to get famous. Yeah, because like, she immediately, and like, there's, I, I think she's having a conversation. She says, like, you know, the line that you say, which is that, like, five people don't like me or something like that. Well, she says something like, they, uh, half of them hate me. And then her friend says, the other half doesn't hate you. Don't forget that. Like, <laughs> it's a like, very, it, and it's, and this is literally the night after the performance. So it's very, yeah. it's very strange. And then, the next thing happens that also I couldn't quite follow the narrative logic leaps that were happening here, which is that Bell discovers that there is this character called the Beast. Obviously, this is, becomes a sort of inverse uh, rendition of Beauty and the Beast, but there is this other character called the Beast who um, invades one of her performances and wins every battle um, in a way that I don't think they think he's cheating 
or he or she is cheating, but that uh, they are um, they have some kind of competitive advantage when they battle in in the so world he, of you. He's a, in the fighting pits or whatever, which yeah. you never see. Uh, yeah. He's always winning there, and he. So this is okay. He's this aggressive, is what I, right? That, yeah. That's the well, thing. yeah. And so he's not cheating. There's yeah. no reason, and I didn't quite understand why they were coming after him. Yeah. <laughs> because again, this movie this movie tries to have a lot of cake and eat a lot of cake too in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. This is one of them. So the beast is a hyper violent pit fighter mm-hmm. that is unmatched in his skill and uh, is just like a rage monster, right. but not like. This is this is this is the weird crucial thing. Not like a toxic rage monster, just angry and brooding all the time. Not like not like throwing racial slurs out and shit like that. Right. Like so not a troll, right? just right. But, right? but so no, hold on. Be like he's just good at the game. Yes, it would. <laughs> but they treat him. But but it's weird. They treat him like a troll. Yeah. And the other thing that they kind of get mixed up in this analogy is all of the beast's fans are young kids. Yeah. And I thought that was a commentary on like, oh, it's very easy for young people who don't understand the way the world works quite yet to really glom on to these assholes. Like, but like, you don't see that the, the beast isn't that. So it's trying to do these two things with the beast. Yeah. And it doesn't fully come together. I will say when he kicks like the U police's ass in that first <laughs> concert, it fucking is awesome. Oh my God. Yeah. Like every, every scene is rendered like again in, in the, the fight scenes are rendered incredibly. And, but then Belle decides to take it upon herself to uncover the identity of the beast, which is exactly what the villain, like the top cop is doing. Yeah. And like, I don't know and you're why like, she wants to do it. Like, like what is, what, so I, I, and I, I think this ties into okay. Let's let's rewind. We're talking about all the zip zappy metaversal bullshit of you. Let's talk about Zuzu's actual life. Yeah, yeah. Which brings me to another have your cake and eat it too moment, which I'm hoping wasn't as uh, uh, problematic in the uh, subtitled version. Right. I hate so much the Ulta Ingenue character, the, the Ulta- character that is that is. Super shy and uh, and awkward, and no one notices her. But still, she's also the center of everyone's universe, and like everyone who she's nervous about actually just likes her a ton. And like, there's no actual conflict in her. Like, it's it's this weird like double setup. Like, you can't have both. Right. And, she, and that might be the Ruka character. Sorry, I might have got the names wrong. Uh, but it's the character who plays the saxophone in the in the band, right? That you're talking about? No, the, no, no, no. So that's no. I'm talking about I'm talking about Suzu. Okay, okay. Suzu is shy wallflower yeah. who has uh, a past trauma, whom acts as though no one likes her mm-hmm. uh, except for her best friend. Yeah. Uh, and who gets nervous around different boys for different reasons and all of this stuff. But yet, every character in that real world. Not even like it's revealed later. Like every interaction with Suzu is positive. Right. Everyone tries to involve her. Everyone is worried about her. <laughs> like it's 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 this weird like so. And, and I know she's not set up as the popular girl, but everyone treats her like the popular girl. Like right. so, there's this weird disconnect of like that's why I said like the Ulta Ingenue. Like but it's because there is a popular girl. There is a popular the... girl, but she's also super nice. Yeah, super and, nice. And there's no problem whatsoever, and it becomes like a side character romance for another different person. <laughs> so like like there's no there's no active conflict outside of Suzu's trauma, and you don't need to have her be this like two sides of the same coin consistently all the time to make that work. It kind of deflated it for me. I, I again, I sort of, I, I was willing to give it the benefit of the doubt to say that um, I think what is happening is that she has internalized the trauma that she's experienced. So she believes that the world is the, like that, that, that she's the shy wallflower, but nobody else does. I guess. No, 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 but hold on, hold yeah, on. Yep. Yeah. I bet you because what you just described sounds awesome. Yeah. I bet you it was the dubbing. I bet you the dubbing in like actually like enhanced the things that I didn't like about this story <laughs> and detracted away from the things that I would. I, I, I on I'm going to rewatch this movie as a subtitled film now that I know how because I think this I think parts of my read are unfair. Okay. I, um, I I'm not you're I will say your read is not wrong. <laughs> it's just, sure, but like because, it might not have been like nails on a chalkboard at that point. It might have just been like, oh, okay. Yeah, like yeah. It, 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 it exacerbated a problem. 
Fair enough, fair enough. So I didn't understand why they wanted to unmask the beast. I didn't either. <laughs> I was hoping that sort of, uh, I guess, high schooly. I must get to know this person a little bit better. But then that's not the world of you. The world of you is everyone is anonymous for a reason. Yeah. Right. And like, yeah. And then, Bell is anonymous for a reason. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or, or wait, but hold on. Or is she like, like, it, or sorry, she is anonymous. Does it matter? Like, like, right. okay, we'll get to that. We'll get to the end and like the sacrifice play later on. I, like, okay. Okay. Yeah. You, you're, you're hundred percent correct. Like, how does this work? Here's the problem for me. And this is a great problem. The ending kind of plays. Like the ending kind of works. And in this weird way where that it's rendered so beautifully, there is so much happening and there's, and, and there, and, and I was so focused on like, what, who is the true identity of the beast and how does this relate to Suzo's story that when she does unmask herself, and this is a spoiler obviously for the ending. So apologies if we're, if we're giving away the ending, but the ending kind of worked for me. Because it then, despite all the, the logical leaps that I couldn't understand, despite all the, the sort of plot contrivances that I couldn't quite follow, um, the ending becomes this thing about like being yourself. And that's a, it's a very saccharine message. However, it sort of works. It doesn't work when we reveal who the beast is and what their story is, because we find out that the beast is um, the son of a, of a father who, uh, you know, has no mother, uh, the, the mother has also lived, but he, this father is very, very abusive. And uh, this was a surprise to me because I thought that I, I guess I presumed, you know, foolishly that the beast had some relationship to Suzo in terms of Suzu, uh, Suzu in terms of her mother. Or, I thought it was the kid that like got rescued. I thought you. it was the kid that got rescued. I, at one point I thought it might be Shinobu. I thought it was the kid that got rescued. Oh yeah. I mean, Shinobu was the butter up, right? Yeah. Shinobu, the, the yeah. sort of like shy protective love interest who basically acted like the beast IRL yeah. was like, uh, was definitely the one that they wanted you to believe was the beast. And no, I, I actually thought the same thing you did. I, there was a part of me that goes, Oh, I wonder, if what's happened here is that you can upload your digital avatar into the world and it continues your personality and this was actually the mother that was just a thought that passed through my Whoa. head as, as i was watching it um you Heady. know as, as as an idea but i but but the point is i think you and i were both doing the same thing which was that we were going well why is she so interested in this character the beast it must eventually have something to do with her trauma, which is so, which is pretty much the reason that she's here. So, the, however, the, the, yeah, it yeah. does not. It does not, and that it's sort of a writer's contrivance, right? Mm. Because, like, you're right. The ending, sacrificing something for sacrificing something, and 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 facing your trauma in order to help others face trauma and and be rescued from things, yeah. is a super noble and true and kind and wonderful moment to witness. Yeah. And again, this movie wanted to get there, and it didn't particularly care how it got there. <laughs> it, it just wanted there. to do it. It gets there, but also, but also, I, have, I, I agree I have, with okay, the so hold on. on this. So, so, so. <laughs> She Bell reveals herself. Now there's a couple. Okay, the, the mechanics might again. I, I'm working off of the dub, so apologies. I actually don't think the dub has actually affected you too much in this because I have this. I have similar feelings. So they they find they like pinpoint the who the beast is, uh, and they get on a webcam which they see these sort of abuse uh, happening or about to happen, and that's when uh, to 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 have them trust who she is. She has to reveal who Bell is. Right. But here she doesn't have to. She no, no, makes no, no, but that, Shinobu but kind of perceives what, this is the way oh, yeah. she do. Also, the fact that it's all Shinobu's idea, <laughs> I was kind of like, "Fuck you, movie." But, but that's okay. It, it, it's weird because there's no mechanic that she has to. It's a gamble, right? It's a gamble. But but this is the thing. They also, without that act, find the exact location by looking at things <laughs> outside the window and the district and yeah, whatever. Yeah, it actually so, didn't. It didn't. It didn't contribute to that at all. And right? they couldn't call the police. They tried to call the police. To, to have them, uh, to have it, whatever. But they said that they wouldn't do it. But that was also after she revealed herself. Also, all of the adults in her singing choir just sent her to go deal with an abusive man, like an adult man <laughs> in a unknown city in, in Tokyo. And her like, dad seems to be on board with this And her well. dad's just like, whatever. Like, I was like, so none of the adults went with you because, and I quote, it would be too far to drive. 
and so I was like, bus. so they put Suzu alone <laughs> on a fucking bus. Now, to be fair. To, no, no, hold on. Okay. To go rescue two underage <laughs> children from an abusive adult man in a city where she doesn't know exactly where they are. To be fair, Japanese public transportation is incredibly safe. But not, but not the abuser <laughs> yeah, that the they're abuser. going. <laughs> Just because you can catch a bus doesn't mean you can catch a predator. <laughs> also, also, yeah. they do this weird thing where mm. they equate the sacrifice play for someone else that the mother did to save the other kid to Suzu revealing her identity. And when that happened, I was like, Fuck you, movie. <laughs> like it's, this it's, is this strange. is this is not the same. <laughs> like like I, I get I get it, yeah. and I understand the way that this movie is trying to pot. It's trying to really push the idea that your digital self is just as important as your physical self, and in many ways, in real life, in fact, that can be very much true. Right. However, in this particular moment, it, it like there's that only goes to a certain point because like. If you die, like, you know, die, then you're dead. But like, like in you, if you're revealed, yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, Shahir, but I've forgotten email uh, account passwords and I've made new emails. So I don't really think. It's also like uh, in the timeline of this movie, again, with the logical leaps of how long she actually took to get famous. She's literally been in you for a couple of days. Like four days. <laughs> yeah. And then. Uh, and then but look, but but there is, I know we're kind of poo-pooing on it because it's fun. So all of that said, it's still really beautiful and effective in a lot of spots. That's what I mean. I got to the end and I was like watching it through this prism <laughs> of like having to have broken up the movie, you know, <laughs> change the tire and stuff. And I got to the end and it was like, well, this kind of works. <laughs> you know what I hated? I thought it worked very much. I wish it just ended on her, them hugging in the rain, like her and the kids hugging in the rain. Yeah. Because then the next scene is literally... Her alone on the bus going back. <laughs> no mention of the children. We have no idea. She doesn't where form the, a relationship with them. No, like I don't whether she does or doesn't. And does, no, do they go back to their father? Who the <laughs> fuck knows? Like that's the whole thing. They set up this whole thing as this big important thing when they're actually not concerned about that. They're just concerned about Suzu's journey. Yeah. And like no one asks about the kids. <laughs> they couldn't have just been like a throwaway line like, oh, we got them to their aunt's house. They're safe now. Yeah. Like that would have been fine. But no one mentions the fucking kids. The, the other main character, the beast, like what happens to them after they all hug in the rain and Suzu stares down a very violent man to <laughs> get him to scare him away, yeah. which also is a not the greatest message, but I, I like the sentiment. Um and then so it's just like all them and I get that this is kind of a tropey thing like the ending is just sort of like that school friend Japanese anime trope stuff thing right. at the end and I get it but I was just like we just spent a long ass time <laughs> like trying to save these children and now no one is giving a shit and it was weird yeah I mean look everything we've talked I mean for me Belle becoming Bell overnight was such a was a was a big logical leap to try and jump over, which I couldn't. I I was like more okay, and then this obsession with finding out who the beast was or why the beast was or why did the beast even matter to these characters was another logical leap. There was no reason. <laughs> yeah, that, that I was like okay, um, and then finding this person in real life, which became important, be and then you realize the consequence of that was that it was an abusive father. It wasn't like that they thought this was an abusive, abused child and we well, must therefore find it. Like, wouldn't so that like, they, logically... She came to it. She came to it way later. Like, she had the amount of caring as if she knew that before she knew that. Because the idea was, and you'll see it, like, in our graphic, um, the, the splotches on the beast's cape were representative of bruises. Right. Because you scans your biometrics or whatever and then, like, adjusts your avatar accordingly. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, but like, but, if, but, but if it did, but if it did that, why would then? Because uh, they also make a big deal that the popular friend's face was scanned by accident to make Bell. Right. And so I'm like, well, why isn't this self correcting <laughs> itself uh, on this? But it's showing people when they get injured. Like I don't fucking I know. know. And also, again, I understand those moments. Sorry, there, there those moments a, aren't important. Yeah. There's a. There's a. There's a sort of. Uh, a sponsored police force or sponsored players that like are out to get the beast as well. And they're, they're like super angry about the beast. They right? have the gun. They have the crystal gun that can reveal yourself because, and that's the other <laughs> weird thing. Like 
and, and look, there are a ton of reasons to remain anonymous online, especially mm. if you're not. Uh, th- th- let me rephrase. I was going to say for safety purposes, yeah. because you can get legitimate. It could be legitimately dangerous. Uh, yeah. And I only know a sliver of that being a cis white dude. Mm-hmm. Like it is it is. You uh, uh, autonomy is important in online spaces, right? But for for safety reasons, so the idea of being revealed, uh, and there's a different, oh, so many different analogies you could use with this uh, for in real life as well. That is a terrifying thing, right? Um, however, mm-hmm. in the world of you, <laughs> we never see any consequences or things sort of about it. Like it never like we have to take that into the movie from our real life online experiences to kind of get why it seems like this terror. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, you could you could posit if I was being generous that Belle and the Beast are both the same because they're trying to escape their trauma by entering into the world of you. And when they're when they are revealed to be who they are, their trauma will come flooding back like that. That does make sense. Yeah. But but but. Just because the reveal would cause that pain and that issue for these characters doesn't warrant an entire sponsored police force whose job it is to do that. Right. Like yeah, it didn't, didn't make yeah. sense. It, I, like the consequence and the and the problems with that consequence make sense, but the antagonist leaning toward that consequence had no purpose in being there. Yeah. I. But again, sorry, everybody. This is a I. Th- it's this so movie, beautiful. It was a beautiful film. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a very strange experience to basically be critiquing like three quarters of the movie as not really working, and also, in fact, being probably ineffective in in, in its most basic form. But it's hard to deny it when a movie is that gorgeous. You know, like yeah. when, it's, when it's that beautifully rendered, and it, it, like, and we're not just saying that it like looks pretty. It's it's imaginative. The, the amount of detail, yeah. and honestly, in both the world of you and in the real world, yeah, uh, is second to none. Like, I cannot believe the yeah. amount of artistic acumen it took to put this onto the screen. Yeah, like, and, and I think that's 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 the that's the tricky. It's not just that it's nice looking. Maybe this is a animator or a filmmaker's movie. Like maybe that's the thing, or, or I don't know. Yeah. I email us at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com. What did you think of Bell? If you are not in the biz, uh, and I mean, did you watch I've, the sub or the dub? Because I still feel bad that I watched the fucking. The I, I have heard such good things about the girl who lived through time and Mariah uh, that that I'm I'm also willing to sort of put it into the yeah, like you said, the category of like, well, this is a filmmaker who is clearly. Uh, well expressing them, you know, has expressed themselves very clearly in previous parts. And this was just them trying something different uh, or trying a different form of storytelling, um, perhaps, uh, you know, like, and I'm not that well versed in their work. Um, so I, I they, as I was watching it, I was giving it a lot of benefits of the doubt. And I was also very tired and watching it across different platforms and different mediums. Sure. You were watching it on this English. We television. both watched it in different inopportune ways. <laughs> uh, not the correct way. Not as the filmmaker intended. Not as the filmmaker. And listen, by the way, listeners, I know we've said, you know, be, we really like it when you're nice. If you feel that we are being unfair to the movie or we have not given it the fair shake. I would want nothing more than, a than for people us. to to listen. Listeners to correct us or give their theories. I, this is a movie I would love to fight to like more, because yeah, that's it true. is. That's it true. is. It, there are moments of there are there are many uh, points of joy to be had with this film. Yeah, but there's also a lot of kind of silly bullshit that I had a, a real problem getting over. <laughs> and so anyone who can assist me in that, I will take that as, that help graciously and and with with thanks. You know, one uh, of my fa- one of my favorite scenes in the movie that again I was just kind of like. I, I didn't understand what was happening or why it was happening, but mm-hmm. I was like, man, this is beautiful. This is just such a cool idea and beautifully executed is when the friends of Suzu or the girl friends of Suzu mm-hmm. get jealous and they start fighting in amongst each other and the, and the oh, world it becomes a war game. It becomes like a risk game, a game of risk. It becomes like Clash of Clans and, or Risk or like a, like, a, like a weird like combo of a mobile game. Yeah, exactly. And like basically they become hexagonal pieces on a board that are like firing missiles off at each other. And then Rodu has to like t- take care of it and like try to, to calm it down. And yeah, like it, yeah. felt, it felt like a game of Civ. 
something like that. Yeah. And I, I just thought that was cool. Like it was like, I was really, again, I liked the rendering or the idea that that was how that we would visually represent. And actually when I watched it at that moment, the other film that it reminded me of oddly was Scott Pilgrim versus the world in terms of like finding ways to gamify you know, internal relationships and in, in fun ways. I was hoping that we'd get more of it. I was hoping that different parts of you would be like different sort of types of things. Like they mentioned the fighting game aspect of it. We never really see that. You know, combat only kind of happens outside of it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I, I, okay. This is the other thing I'll say. Okay. The, the world itself is beautiful, mm-hmm. but it is also hyper sterile. Well, we're not sense- sure what the mechanics of, of how like what I don't are you even doing this I don't world? even yeah that will sure but like it's all like the same floating inverted cityscape with like diamonds floating around and like neat yeah and that's fine because it's not about what you is but like I found nothing in the space beyond how pretty it was to be why you'd want to spend your time there yeah I I, I mean you I guess you could say that about Instagram or TikTok right now but it's not but, the same thing because this is a virtual metaverse and like like look at this is a bad example but it's the only one that comes to mind like look at free guy right okay free guy you can see the play you whether it's not the same experience, but yeah. you see why the players are there. You right. see the experience the players are having, and you yeah. understand the draw if that's your cup of tea. Right. This has nothing outside of a random girl who gets famous over overnight and some cutesy avatars and a beast that comes and fucks up a whale that was on top of a or a concert on top of a whale, giant whale. By the way. Oh, the, the speaker whale is great. Speaker whale I was, is awesome. I was actually hoping that speaker whale would have been the avatar of like someone we met like a minor character along the way oh my god <laughs> the, the mom. mom oh my god if the where mom is the mom i mean i guess i also didn't like i i i thought that was such a strong emo- i guess maybe because that moment comes early and we experience that trauma and it's so it is so traumatic that kind of does put you on suzu's side yeah or you know like it, it engenders you towards her um i, I I but, a, but it was like it, it was a strange choice given it, the other strange <laughs> choice. Now I'm nitpicking, but we're here, yeah. so let's go. So when Suzu's mom makes a sacrifice play to go save the kid, yeah, and then different adults pull the kid out of the water. <laughs> Nobody pulls the mom out. So like I'm trying to figure out. So like uh, there, I could see a world where a, an adult drowns, but like people dra- but holds the kid up and like right, people right. drag both of them in t- from the from the monsoon or whatever, right? But like I didn't understand the mechanic. Like it, like there. Sh- <laughs> I hate to do this because it's so minor, <laughs> yeah. but there should have been like a body. Like they, sh- she should have like yeah. <laughs> it, she was wa- the, this, in the story. She was washed away. Yeah. But like, how did you rescue that kid though? And who are these other adults that? Ran <laughs> there was a like, lot of. I, other- and who's the parent of this kid? And what happened to this kid? You know what I mean? Like now, there's like I like again. I was just thinking about the situation as it played out, but I was like, the kid who survived because you know the kid who basically gets to go home to the parents, but there, but somebody else loses their mom because of her. And I want to be very not because clear. of her, but you know, in, in that situation, I want to be very clear. We are not nitpicking minor occurrences <laughs> and being like, well, why didn't they explain the man with the hat? Yeah. This is not what that is. This movie sets up all of these things as hyper important. Yeah. And and so I we obviously are interested in what happened, the mechanics, the reasoning, because they've set up the world that like that it's existing in so clearly. And they don't. They don't tell us or like get these small answers that would be easy to do. But again, I wanna like this movie more. So <laughs> email us in. And only movie podcast at gmail.com. We really are trying to get this movie to like to 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 be uh we really want you, but like it's a hard recommend as well because of just the, the, those problems. What an interesting exercise. What, can we can we so okay, we keep saying, oh, but it's beautiful and we you know, da 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 like why are we defending this? Why do we actively want to defend this? I, I'm tr- I'm defending it because the final moments of it. I thought was so beautiful. Like when she does, like in terms of like as a rebuttal to the thing that you said about like, is her singing voice that beautiful? In the final moments when she does the ha, 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 whatever it is, and everyone joins in, it becomes like this chorus line. I, 
maybe I'm a sucker for the idea of group of positive groupthink, and you know, like this was just this moment where like positive group, you know, like came together. Even Piggy Sue, the former star of um, of the world, like joined. So that, in. but that's my okay. So that moment, that she, Piggy, Piggy Sue or whatever her name was, yeah, that is the reason that moment works. For me personally, because what we see, there's sorry, there's a previous pop star that at first is very antagonistic toward Belle in a couple cut scenes, yeah. and she's like, I don't even think she's that good. Like whatever, she's being catty. But then she turns and like because because the interesting thing is this other minor character knows where Belle is coming from, right? And there is a moment of mutual catharsis, even just even oh, it's actually one sided catharsis because Belle doesn't realize this is happening, right? But like the. The the re, like you're able to see here's someone who walked in these shoes experiences as well and they used to be antagonistic and now they're joining into this thing to help and make the person feel better right and that is hyper effective because what does it do ladies and gentlemen it builds a world yeah it actually makes this place feel lived in and it sets up a character in an in an experience that would reflect the exact uh you know uh thought processes and possible reactions of a person in that experience right and that felt lived in and that moment that that's why i didn't feel that moment was cheesy was that specifically because if she can join in then everyone, everyone can, can join, join in, in. <laughs> and like so like I thought that was incredibly pertinent. It works, like, right? It, that's that's the thing. She it even plays. shuts down some haters making fun of her, like uh, at a certain moment too. Like, right. they, like, I so there are gems to be mined here that right. are incredibly effective, and maybe that's why I want to defend it. Like, I, I think as well, um, there is a real like. We often, you know, like whenever someone says, oh, but the movie looked beautiful, I often think that's a, that's a sign that the movie's not particularly good uh, because we're just trying to find the one thing that kind of works. And movies mm. generally, look, um, when you photograph a movie well, uh, you know, like you have to work hard. That's not true either. <laughs> you, have to, you have to work hard for a movie to look bad. That's not true. Um, I, I just think that... Um, this you have to movie, work hard to make a movie look bad in a specific way that you want it to. Right, right. And and this this is... So gorgeous, so gorgeous, uh, and so extraordinarily gorgeous that um, that it it, it kind of makes you and and again emotionally, I think just the idea of what happens in the end, all the users come together. I mean, a couple of the reviews I read for the film did describe it as one of the most optimistic views of the metaverse or optimistic views about digital futures, where you know becoming your authentic self in your in in the uh, anonymous virtual environment is what will save us as human beings. I don't I, know, man. I, 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 don't, think... I don't agree with that in principle, but I, I like, I, sure. I agree that in the movie, that's what that's what happened. It sure is a nice bedtime story. And yeah. this is, I, I would say most humans, real true self, present company excluded, <laughs> probably isn't the best thing to have a digital <laughs> representation of. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> No, present company included. Did I say excluded? I, I meant included. I, I, um, I did have a friend who used to play The Sims, and what he would do was actually create like an exact replica sure, of himself. Sure, I did that. I'm that friend. And, and, and then, well, this is my favorite part, is that uh, he created an exact replica of me as, a, as, a, as an NPC as well, and then uh, built his house. And uh, we we're, were like best friends. We were like hang out all the time. And then one night he put us both in his house. He was like, oh, you know, here's you and here's me. And we sat on the couch together. And like surely enough, <laughs> are they going to kiss? They sure are. <laughs> yeah, I think you, you might have told that story on the podcast before. But if not, it was if you did, it was years ago. Because yeah. I remember that story. That is a very funny story. <laughs> and so we now just looked at each other and said, you know what? I'm good with this. Yeah, let them yeah. have it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. in in the world of you, um, yeah, I agree that there is this sort of beautiful sentiment about humanity and and you know this digital future that we have to, for ourselves, and that 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 the idea that this digital future could also be beneficial to us in the real world. I, I so, think that's beautiful. Yeah. So it's funny know. though because yeah. the truth of what it would actually be is like Second Life, where there is actual genuine human connection in a digital world, but there's also fucking weird nightmarish shit too. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of people in you saying, "Hey, the best side hustle on Amazon right now is just is starting a TikTok it, account." There was only ads when the cops showed up, which is not how the internet works. Yeah, uh, and not a lot of porn in you. I would have to say. Not. Well, maybe we just didn't go. Maybe that was beyond the Beast's castle. How did the Beast have a castle? That was the 
the Why only did the beast have a castle? <laughs> because it's because it's fucking Beauty, Beauty and the Beast. And, and, okay, and, can... and the and the cop is Gaston. Yeah, like it's all very clear. Can, can you because you you watch Beauty and the Beast with Jessica Tucker, the, well the the Disney live action remake. Sure, so you're did. more familiar with the Beauty and the Beast mythology. Uh, you know, I the last Beauty and the Beast thing I remember watching was the TV show that had Ron Perlman in it. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, oh who was yeah. The woman in that? Was it Linda? I Hamilton? don't remember. No, uh, no it wasn't Linda. No, Hamilton. it was. It was uh, it, uh, <laughs> we're looking it up. Yeah, <laughs> we're doing the same time. TV show. TV show. Oh, gosh, it wasn't. It wasn't. Was it, it was. No, no, no. Oh, God. Then there's like old versions. Uh, there we go. The 87 and 99 one, right? Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. we're talking about. It was Linda Hamilton. Bada bing, bada boom. No way. Off no fucking way. Off the top of my dome there. Um, 46 episodes she's in. <laughs> fucking A. Um, yeah, and Ron Perlman makes a great piece. But hang on. Sorry. We got sidetracked. No, we are exactly on the right track. You you are more familiar with the Booty and the Beast mythology. The Booty and the Beast. The Booty and the Beast. Ooh, that's, that's the porn version that should have been in the show. Yeah. What? How does it play? Like you know, it's part of this movie's attraction is that it is an inverted tale of the Beauty and the Beast mythology. How does it play on those terms? I mean, it doesn't. <laughs> okay. Like I mean, like it, simple answer. It, it just borrows. It just borrows shit and puts it in like a it and another like. Bell is only Bell and Beast is only the Beast and they're in a castle because like that's the that's a thing we recognize. Like it's, also, it's a fun it's a fun twist, yeah. I guess, but like it's also um why are there characters who are so there's an AI character. There's an artificial intelligence character. There's a few of them. Right. And then there are these mini characters, right? Well, it's funny. The AI characters are all of the the mini AI characters are all representations basically of like the furniture and things and the and yeah, the, yeah. the uh, candlestick. And, uh, candlestick and, yeah. and uh, you know, uh, Lumiere, if yeah. I remember correctly. Um, but like we never go into them. We never know if like the beast scripted them. We never know <laughs> like if because in Beauty and the Beast, there were actually people trapped by the beast's hatred. Like, like, right. And we. <sighs> And in this one, you like know, you that could, scene where, the, where they were like, protect our master? Yeah, right? you could extrapolate yeah. meaning right. to the Beauty and the Beast mythology, at least from the Beast's perspective, yeah. with the real-life trauma that the boy was having, who, who was the controller of the Avatar of the Beast. Yeah. But that's about it. <laughs> uh, it just was a fun rapper. Yeah. Uh, I think, I mean, look. Is it a Hans Christian Andersen story, The Beauty and the Beast? Uh, I'm trying to remember. But it is definitely Tale as Old as Time, Song as Old as Rhyme, Disney does not own. Like, it is It is a, like, sure, like, do it. People have been telling this story for ages. Right. Like, let's let's keep it going. I mean, of course, yeah, there's the Cocteau film as well. Uh, so the true story is uh, based on the fairy tale of Belle et la Bête by Gabriel Suzanne Barbot de Villeneuve. <laughs> might be related to Denis Villeneuve. Uh, published in 1740, the French author was inspired by the real-life story of Petrus Genovas and uh, his bride-to-be, Catherine. Uh, wow. So there is a there is an origin to this story. <laughs> I, I'm just, Catherine had the most beautiful voice that everyone in the 17th century heard for some reason, and then she became famous in a fortnight. Right. Uh, and then she played Fortnite. No, look, I, I guess we're kind of rolling into final thoughts. Yeah. I want you to watch this movie, but but you might not like it, and <laughs> I, and that's okay because I think you might, if you don't like it, I think you'll still fall into our camp of like wanting to like it more because it mm. is it is so earnest. I feel like in what it's trying to do, I think a lot of its faults are it gets so excited about the things it wants to try that it just fucking rushes to them, mm. and then it does those things well. Right. Um. It just misses the important connective tissue for of things that I would uh, think are vital to making a um, a film that I can enjoy freely. Right, as a free guy. As a free guy. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, look. I actually, in terms of our treat, I'm, I'm always. I think I've in terms of treating our audience's time with respect. I think. I agree with you that it is extraordinarily beautiful. And I watched it with a sense of, I want to watch more films by this filmmaker. 
And uh, I remember the trailer for Mirai um, got me really excited and I wanted to see that story. And I thought that it would be a great story, a film to watch with a kid. Um, uh, in fact, it would probably play really well with uh, uh, Petit Moan, the Celine Siama film. Um, but, but I will say, <laughs> despite the film working for me, I would actually uh, would not be offended if uh, our discussion is giving you a pass on this movie. And I don't think that's a, it's, it's a bad thing to pass on this movie uh, because it didn't really quite work, despite, again, like you're saying, having that sort of strange moment of like really wanting it to work and kind of like cheering for it to work and like hoping, it, yeah. yeah, championing for it to work. Um, maybe that's a similar category of of, of type of uh, uh, reaction to to what we had with uh, three thousand years of longing. But didn't, I think three thousand years of longing really did connect. Uh, yeah, you know, like in, in a in a in a stronger way than this. Um, so it is a real. Ah, it's a weird one, isn't it? It's a weird, weird one. It's I a weird look. One. I, I like that we did it. I like that we stepped out of our comfort zones in terms of like, you know, we don't do a lot of anime on here. We're talking about a filmmaker that we have no particular history with. Yep. We're, we're picking a movie that is not in the popular conversation right yes, now. Yes, we will not get lots of views on this episode. But that's fine. I, I Which is I, totally fine. And by views, we're actually we're going to get zero views in this episode. I meant listens. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, but I, you know, like, I, I also think that the, the benefit of having a podcast uh, and a voice that we use to, to talk about movies is to take us out of our comfort zone. Yeah. And as you pointed out, to have our audience correct us when we are missing something about the movie. And in this case, I feel like we're justified in what we're missing, but perhaps we're wrong. Maybe. And we're okay with being wrong. Hey, listen, <laughs> we were wrong about what movie we were going to do this week. Yeah. So we could be wrong so about So we could be things. wrong about the movie we ended up doing this week. Exactly. So anyway, <laughs> this has been the only podcast about the film Bell. Bella. Uh, Bella. Uh, Shahir, when you are not being the most highly sponsored internet cop with your giant chaos emerald revealing my true self, where can folks find you? You can find me at my website, www.shahirdowd.com. That's S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D.com. Actually, I started a Linktree account. So I have a Linktree thing now. What the fuck is a Linktree? Oh, you've never done a Linktree? So it's basically, uh, I was too lazy to get a business card for a conference that I, uh, the Roblox conference. And so I I created a Linktree and basically it just gives you a QR code and it, creates this, this this like little nice clean these are my links you know go visit here if you want to get in touch with me um and this is some of my work and so uh i have a link tree thing now <laughs> i won't share it because it's a business kind of card thing but uh but that's what if I'm someone saying. wants to hire you for business uh you could hire <laughs> you, what you need to do is go to your rooftops and shout it's business time and then i will appear in front of you um matt when you are um when you are riding upon the back of the loudest most metal uh, sonic whale that there is. Where can people find you? You can find me singing, it's business, it's business time. And what time is it? It's motherfucking business time. That's over at I my website. socks on. <laughs> yeah, business socks over at M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-O-L.com for my life and works. Also Skeletor, the number four, P-R-E-Z on Instagram or Emperor MSK on Twitter. Hmm. You can also please check out the good works we're doing over at Extra Credits. We are about to wrap up. By the time this comes out, we have wrapped up our two-part series on the Battle of Blair Mountain with a lot of the uh, railroad strikes going on, etc. Right now, this is a story of coal miners trying to unionize and getting uh, union busted super hard. Hmm. Uh, and the largest uh, revolution, uh, I believe, uh, uh, other than like the second largest next to the Civil War. Okay. Um, it is it is fascinating. It is terrifying, and everyone should unionize. Um, but uh, please check that out. Also, we just did Wuthering Heights on our So You Haven't yeah. Read series, yeah. which I love to death. Okay. It's, it's Heathcliff is such a piece of shit, and <laughs> I it's like the dumbest book to love, but it's this gothic like yeah. horror, and it's I don't know. I just I love it. So please check out those episodes next week. We will definitely do Blonde. I do have a guest lined up for that, so that should be a lot of fun Ooh. as well. Uh, if we can kind of make that work. Wait, what hair color do they have? What hair color does blonde does our blonde guest have? Not blonde. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. We're gonna so have we're, we're going to be three non-blondes. <laughs> yeah. yes. um, two questions to ask our audience. Yep. One is we were recently approached by a sponsor who wanted to sponsor our podcast. Uh, 
we've never done that before. We've kind of liked that we have some autonomy um, and and don't. But you know, what would happen if we if we had a sponsor on the show? Would you be interested? <laughs> Not would you be interested, but like what? I, I don't know. We were sort of. I was curious about it. Here's uh, what I would say. Okay. I will speak surrogately for the audience, though I do not have the right to. Okay. Uh, I'm sure the doing, audience would not like it. We were doing this for seven years mm. uh, pro bono. Yeah. Uh, I think it's fine. You think it's fine? Right. I, I, I honestly, I mean, like, and I don't really, this is coming from a person that doesn't want to do it, but yeah. like, <laughs> it, you know, it's. I'm curious it's, because, it's, we, you know, look, we do, it would be nice to make uh, some returns on these, but, you know, again, we do it for the love. Um, secondly, uh, is that Ty West's follow-up to X Pearl uh, has been released on VOD and has found a fan in one Martin Scorsese, whose opinions have created <laughs> who has created waves in amongst the film commentary community. Should we see if we can get Marty on here? We should. We should get Marty. We do. We are only a, like one degree of separation from Martin Scorsese, aren't we? Yeah, I'm sure we'll <laughs> just get right on that. Yeah, yeah. But apparently, Martin Scorsese is a huge fan. Of, of the only West, movie podcast. Oh, uh, of Ty West's oh. movie Pearl. Oh. No, none of us. Oh. <laughs> he does not like us after our so Irishman review. So we're probably not going to get him, huh? <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. Oh. <laughs> uh, he's actually he, his daughter is on TikTok, and she posts videos of him every now and again, like like being being like a silly old dad. That's <laughs> fun. It's a lot of fun. That's fun. He's, I, like that. I look. You know what? Okay, I recently met a couple of filmmakers who said they don't like Martin Scorsese movies in principle, full stop, no questions asked kind of thing. You can't see the fucking hard eye roll I'm giving right <laughs> yeah. now. Um, and they had like solid opinions. I disagreed with every one of them. And I, I, but it was a fun conversation to have. They were like, Martin Scorsese is overrated. And I was like, I don't think that's the case. But one thing that, you know, about Martin Scorsese that's, that people often find is he's an amazing curator of film history, knows more about film history than any human being on the planet. Yo, let's put these people anonymously on blast. What films did they love? They liked, they liked Spielberg more than they liked uh, Scorsese. So that was fair. And, and they, they cited that the one uh, Scorsese movie that they liked was After Hours with Griffin Dunn. Okay. <laughs> and then, and, but, but the thing is, the, the thing that's tricky about that conversation is like, I started rattling off a long list of Martin Scorsese movies and it was like, oh yeah, oh, he did do that one. Yeah, that one is good. You know, like there's this, there's such a huge body of work there. So you're saying you proved them wrong, which is good. Yeah. I mean, because that is a wrong opinion. I wasn't trying to prove them wrong. If someone tells me they don't like Martin Scorsese, I will probe you and, and when, have that. When are you not trying to prove people wrong? <laughs> that is true. You can shut the fuck up right you now. You see? See? <laughs> Uh, no, that's very funny. Look, everyone can have their own opinions. That's totally fine. If you hate Martin Scorsese, write us in at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com and we'll call you not dumb. What do we call you? Misinformed. Right. right. Uh, <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Hey, everyone. Thanks for letting us kind of vamp at the beginning at the end of this one. This is kind of a silly fun thing and uh, I very much enjoy it. Next week, we will have Blonde with a guest who will not be. Um, it's a three-hour movie, right? I, yep. yep. So got to get on Strap it. It releases tomorrow, I think. Yeah, hope so. <laughs> I hope we get it right. Or this time. or or next week we're gonna just uh, we're gonna do Paddington two. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so watch either of those films. And until then, we'll talk to you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye.